0: There's a new crop of restaurants that are challenging the boring old red sauce and meatballs cliche of Italian food here in Portland. It's seasonal, it's fresh, it's fun, it's even kinda weird. On Thursdays, we talk about food here on CityCast Portland. And today, we're talking with Brooke jackson Glidden, editor of Eater Portland, about the explosion in creativity that we've recently seen in the Portland Italian food scene. It's Thursday, March 16th. I'm John Natariani. in for Claudia Mezza, and this is what Portland's talking about. So, Brooke, big picture, what is the best meal that you've ever had at an Italian restaurant in Portland?
1: Okay, so I think that if I'm going to answer this question honestly, Mm -hmm. it has to be a meal I had years ago. So... When I was 14 for my birthday, my mother took me to Genoa, Mm -hmm. uh, which was a restaurant on Belmont, pour one out. And it was my first tasting menu experience. So um, I still remember the meal. Um, I remember the service. Like it started with a sorrel puree and like a little teacup. And I remember my mother and I we didn't know how to, like, drink it. Yeah. So eventually I just asked a server and he was like, just knock it back, darling. <laughs> and
0: I just think about that all the time. Welcome that, to fine dining. <laughs> I know. If that
1: server is out there, contact me because such an important experience <laughs> for me. But like, oh, my God. I remember they had there was like a, a ricotta salad with like asparagus and snap peas and like morel risotto, like just like so springy, so fun and and just so different from any italian food i'd had before.
0: oh my gosh, and what was your 14-year-old brain thinking? like how were you processing this meal?
1: i was i was completely infatuated. like i think that this specific experience um really showed me this side of italian food and cooking that i think italians often Emphasize that I think mm-hmm. is sometimes missed, which is this idea that Italian cooking in Italy often is very, very informed by seasonality, right? Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that was very new as a concept for me.
0: Yeah, and super into vegetables as opposed to the sort of like totally. red sauce and meat Italian American food. I mean, in which the which I love, w- which is you know delicious. I mean, I mean right. I, I'm an notariani You don't got to tell me twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but like big picture, how has Italian food changed in Portland in the last I don't know five or ten years?
1: Wow. So I think that like it's interesting because t- if you think about like twentieth century Portland Italian food, that mm-hmm. is much more informed by like red sauce tradition, right? Mm-hmm. So like the places that are going to do some chicken parms and and you know that kind of Italian American food, um, but. I believe it was 2005 Nostrana opens and there is a a big shift in the way we talk about Italian food in Portland very much more focused on again like this focus on vegetable centric cooking seasonality mm-hmm. um and this sort of serious thoughtful honest approach to Italian cooking.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes me think of when Ava Jeans opened and totally. Joshua McFadden, who is who sh- was the chef there um, and had a cookbook that was all about seasonality. And it seems like right. that was sort of a, the rock star modern Italian restaurant.
1: Totally. A hundred percent. And, the, you know, this, this expands the influence of, of these, of like, I think in astrona in particular, like this impacts pizza. This impacts like a, a yeah. really wide, like Lovelies, you know, I think mm-hmm. comes to mind. Like, oh,
0: okay. this yeah.
1: is a really wide spectrum of, of Italian restaurants in, in the city. Um, But I would say like within the last five or 10 years, Italian restaurants in Portland have kind of gone back around into being really into Goofiness, Italian, like happily and and self identified Italian American restaurants, right? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like you have like Gabbianos in Northeast Portland, which is yes. like, yeah, we're gonna do a giant chicken parm and we're gonna love every minute of it. Um, and I think that like even Goomba, you could argue it's even though it's not as a typical red sauce place, yeah. it's definitely like we're gonna serve fry bread with burrata and we're gonna we're gonna just really play with what a pasta dish can look like.
0: Well, well, I really want to sort of walk through some of the foods on these menus. Which restaurant right now do you think has the most adventurous appetizers? And and what are the top things that you're seeing on that place's menu?
1: Totally. Um, if you're talking about like really eclectic or unique, I'm actually going to just mention the two I just mentioned, Goomba yeah. and Gabbianos, right? So like Goomba, again, like that fry bread and burrata dish I love, but what is have, it? Like, what cool- is
0: it that's so special about that dish? Well,
1: it's one of the very few places in town that makes its own burrata, and I think that that's really special. So it's like a really creamy, um, sort of like looser burrata, and it's served with fry bread, which like it's this hot, sort of crispy fry, fresh from the fryer kind of experience. Slathering that is—it's it's just like it's simple. Mm but it's it's there's no one else in town doing an approach similar which mm-hmm. feels really cool to me yeah um in terms of like straight up this is the wildest thing i've seen on an italian menu um the gabbiano's mozzarella sticks yes. i think a lot I had of a people feeling this was yeah, Go on. yeah you can't avoid it um so basically for those unfamiliar this is essentially a mozzarella shot glass right and in its center is like a shot of marinara. So as you're biting into it, it is essentially like you're you're physically eating a cheesy shot <laughs> glass of marinara sauce. Now, like the sheer number of mozzarella sticks I ate in college, like I'm obsessed with this dish. I think it's so fun and weird. Um, in terms of like really special appetizers, I really, really love the appetizers in Muka. Um, this is definitely more on like the fancier side of things, but so, so tasty. They make this specific dish I really like that's like a seared scallop over this Parmesan faduta and it has like a saffron gel mm-hmm. and like shallot relish. And yeah. like, oh my God, it's a beautiful dish. It's just yeah. like, ugh, you know, that. Ugh. listen, I'm done. I'm ready. <laughs> oh <laughs> my know?
0: God. Yeah. Gimme. I, I mean, it's amazing because I think Italian food does have this tendency to really lean on tradition to be like this is how italian food is done and all these things that you're saying are like kind of these whimsical changes to the old format like i don't think that i thought that there was more space to innovate in the mozzarella stick mold but like (laughs) these places are finding it right
1: a hundred percent yeah totally
0: Mm, well let's take a quick break and when we come back i want to hear some more of your picks for the best italian food here in portland I think the center of any Italian spot is going to be pasta. Uh, There's a lot of places they're making their own. Uh, In terms of homemade pasta, who do you like and what do you get when you go there?
1: Yeah. So um, the immediate thought, when I think handmade pasta, I think of the straight up handmade pasta Mm. at Pasta Ficcio d'Oro, which is a newish Italian restaurant in... St. John's. It's yeah. in a former Gracie's, a pizza space. A lot of times when people say handmade pasta, what they mean is they're making a dough and they're using an extruder. And there's a ton of reasons why you, you use an extruder, right? Like it's going to be far more consistent. But the folks at Pesta they they are literally using rolling pins and cutting pe- like pasta by hand.
0: And what do you get from a pasta when you actually get it under a rolling pin as opposed to one of these little pasta machines.
1: I think it really helps the texture. Mm. I think that you just get a perfect little bite yeah. in that pasta. It, it gives it this, I mean, rustic quality, but not even just rustic. Like really, like you get, you. I think you lose a little bit in that, mm. you know, when it's he- heavily extruded, especially like rolled very thin, which there are reasons to do that, you're, there's a higher tendency to overcook. And these are like, I mean, they serve, like, two pastas every yeah. day, right? Because, yeah. again, it's and a it's lot a hard.
0: tiny. It's a <laughs> tiny place. They have, like, six yeah. tables, right?
1: Right, yeah. So super, super small space. They can't – they're not making a ton. But almost always they have some version of, like, a really lovely hearty meat sauce. So either a bolognese or they're doing, like, a ragu of some kind. Um mm-hmm. And I'm just always delighted.
0: You're, you're cracking these smiles even as you just think about I know, it. I can I really see it <laughs> just shining on your face. Me too. We, yeah. we are taping in the afternoon and you are making me so unbearably hungry right
1: yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, that's my goal. Um,
0: <laughs> what else? Are there any other places where the pasta is the pasta of your dreams?
1: Oh, man. I think that sometimes when I'm just like, I want like a big bowl of like really great Pasta that is extruded. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Montalupo. I think that it's it's consistent. I think that um, there are a number of different approaches there that are really really nice.
0: They get Montalupo is space. where is that? again? Oh, right,
1: so that is Kerns. Um, it's interesting because it's it's kind of like an all day cafe in certain ways, right? Like mm-hmm. they they have a market in the center. The guy's a pasta maker first, right, yeah. and then open this restaurant. So you have really nice like a, a wider variety of actual pastas on the menu. Like you're mm-hmm. getting a, a, a much wider range of shapes. Um and you can buy it. You can buy the pastas. So that's really fun.
0: Um, so I think there's always this ideal take your friend from out-of-town restaurant experience, right? And I'm wondering if you had someone coming to visit you, Brooke, you wanted to show them Portland's Italian food where would you take them? Because, because, and this is like a tricky question because it could either be the most like classic, perfectly to a T Italian place, or it could be the most Pacific Northwestern inspired riff on Italian food. One place, where would you take somebody?
1: (sighs) I hate one place. I hate that as a clarifier. (laughs) Um, Okay. So this is again, a little iconoclastic of an answer on my part, but I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that I would do lovelies. Oh, so pizza, okay. right? Pizza 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 is and ice food. cream. And I think that what I think is special about it is there's it is so quintessentially Portland. Like, and,
0: and and on the off chance somebody has missed all of the times that we've already mm-hmm. talked about lovelies. Talked about 50, lovelies 50, 50 on lovely, this show. give me the spiel. Yeah. Give me a, a quick intro.
1: Totally. So this is a beautiful pizzeria on mm. um North Mississippi. To me, it's like a perfect like family restaurant that feels like a special night out, but like not, it's definitely not like pizza parlor energy, but but casual and warm. Sarah Minnick is the uh, owner and pizza chef. What's really interesting about her approach is that everything, everything, everything again is sort of like very informed by like Oregon, right? So the yeah. grain blend that they use are all sort of like heritage grains that are grown in Eugene or Junction City. They're fresh flowers that they're using um in the sourdough. Um and, you know, the the pizzas themselves are topped with toppings that change like weekly. You know what yeah. I mean? These are these are like really, really, really specific things and they're coming from all over.
0: What is your I, I'm sure you have a sensory memory of this. Like what is the most memorable loveliest pizza you've ever had
1: Oh, okay so um she has a pizza that is straight up like potatoes a million ways it's it's like i've had this pizza i yeah. love this pizza it's incredible I think it's, it's it such doesn't sp- sound
0: like it would work but no go, I'll, I'll let you
1: yeah no sorry, I'll hold like,
0: back on my enthusiasm so <laughs> and let you be the guest <laughs> yeah
1: no it's it's what's cool about it it's like so it, first off I think when we think potatoes, we also kind of think the way we think about like bananas where it's like, well, there's a potato, you know what I mean? Like maybe we're, we're talking like russets, you know, some Yukon golds, red blisses, you know, but the potatoes that she's choosing, they're really specifically like creamy or, you know, Mm -hmm. so you're getting this, these different textures out of potato that you might not normally experience. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you're getting this potato base. You're getting like almost like a confit potato experience. And you're getting these like crispy little potato bits. And all of this is on this pizza with like a very, I want to say it's like telegi or something similar. It's like a, a very creamy cheese that's going to work yeah. really well with the creaminess of the potato. And it's it's drizzled with it's it, some herby green sauce, right? So it's sort of like every, it's, it's a 50 shades of potato and it, it's so simple, but like so beautifully executed. I mean, every element of every pie is amazing. You just have this like really flavorful crust and you have really amazing toppings. And then you finish with my favorite ice cream. If it's the season for it, the peach leaf, which it's almost like almondy it's it's so good yeah
0: yeah and i think the thing that's so cool about a lovely's pizza is that you know if you're used to like an american red sauce pizza you're gonna be like i don't even recognize this (laughs) as pizza potentially but it's so much closer to the authentically seasonal way that like Mm -hmm. real italian food might work in a real italian restaurant
1: a hundred percent yeah um but i was talking to someone who grew up right on the border of of Italy, and they always talk about Lovely's feeling like the most Italian in certain ways because of that focus Mm -hmm. on like, this is what's, this is what we got. Like, this is what's coming out of the garden. So this is what we're serving. That feels like a really sort of Italian approach.
0: Oh, well, now you have me craving Lovely's pizza. (laughs) It is delicious. Not cheap, though. Uh, Let's talk about if you're broke. (laughs) What's your favorite affordable, like... 10 bucks in my pocket, maybe 20 bucks in my pocket. Yeah. Where's the affordable joint and what are you going to eat there?
1: Oh, man. So I was like, oh, I immediately know what I'm dropping at this point. Um, so, um, okay, it's it, you need one extra dollar. You've if, <laughs> okay. if you have $11 in your I'll pocket. I'll dig in the couch. Yeah, um, I'll see what I can find. <laughs> there is this food cart called Bari.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it is specializing in an Italian street food known as panzerotti, which it, they're sort of like um, – bigger than a hot pocket, smaller than a calzone, like a little little pocket guy. And um you get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but oh man, I love these. They're like if I'm like hungover, like this this is what this is what revives me. Like just like one of these like greasy, like super super tasty handheld Italian pizza pockets.
0: Oh my um God. And, where, and where are they?
1: Oh, that is on um Southeast Foster. But yeah, totally delicious hangover food for
0: sure. You have made me so uncomfortably hungry. (laughs) (laughs) All of these sound amazing. Totally. Um, Brooke, thank you so much for walking me through.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All of these restaurants.
0: I can't wait to check some of them out.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go get pizza, I think.
0: Do it. (laughs) Yeah. And now for your microdose of news. The rate of overdose deaths among teenagers is growing faster here in Oregon than anywhere else in the country, according to the Lund Report. Part of the problem is that Oregon doesn't have a great mental health service system for teenagers, and a lot of them still just don't know how common and dangerous fentanyl is. But it is the legal drug that is arguably the biggest problem here in Oregon these days. OPB reports the state's alcohol-induced death rate is also above the national average. And preservationists have failed to protect a building that was once the center of Portland's Japan Town. The Yamaguchi Hotel was opened in the 1920s and 30s in the neighborhood now known as Old Town. The well-regarded nonprofit Blanche House has plans to demolish the building in order to make way for a new medical center. If you want more news and local events, sign up for our daily newsletter Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. Well, that's all for us today here on CityCast Portland. If you like the show, we'd love for you to tell a friend about us. You can also leave us a rating or a review. We'd really appreciate it. I'm John Natariani. Claudia Mezza will be back on the show tomorrow morning. Until then, see you at Slim's.